Hello and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where we read every chapter on Visit Shonen Jump website, as well as another volume of manga. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. And this week we're on strike. Yeah. I guess last week we were on strike, but this week we have a reason to be on strike. No, last week we were just on hold. Now we're on strike. So if you don't, if you're not listening to this podcast, that's why. But we'll get to that in a little bit. I feel like I should ask you how you're doing, Kevin, but we don't do that on this podcast. It's just been a week and I've forgotten how to do this podcast. No worries. I don't even do either of my other podcasts once a week anymore. I've forgotten this one after missing just one week. So I guess we should get into it. That's what we do. Oh, I first I tell you that we read Bakuman this week. Yeah. Which was pretty good, and we will get to that in a little bit. But first, we have some Shonen Jump to talk to. Whether To talk to? Hi, Mr. Shonen Jump. How are you? We have some Shonen... It's not doing good. <laughs> I liked this week, except oh, for the one thing I really, really didn't like. Yeah, but I mean, it was like, oh, he was like nice and friendly, then he kicked me in the balls, so <laughs> I don't like him. Uh, you know what they say, be everybody's friend and kick them in the balls. That's what Teddy Roosevelt said, right? Yeah, well, I mean, basically, you be everybody's friend so that they lower their defenses so that you can kick them in the balls. Yeah, it's the Naruto strategy. Yeah, but my only other idea is we start a Kingdom Hearts podcast now that I'm done with Kingdom Hearts, and I don't think that's going to fly. So I guess we better just talk yeah, about Yeah, because I haven't jump. played any, so. I mean, that could be the hook of the podcast, right? You play them be. as we talk about them. I mean, we'd be stuck on Kingdom Hearts 1 forever and then Chain of Memories forever because those games are bad and hard. But yeah, and I don't wish recoded on anyone. So I guess we have to talk about Shonen Jump. So we will start with The Promised Neverland, Chapter 146, The Imperial Capital Battle. And also, I've had a crazy busy week, which is part of why I can't remember how to podcast. And so I read like the first half of these a couple nights ago and barely remember anything. On the plus side, I did remember to talk about Promise Neverland this week. Yeah, there you go. So it's the three-year anniversary of the manga, which is pretty cool. They have a really cool two-page color cover spread for the magazine. that I, It was probably in the magazine, but we still get it as the cover page for the manga chapter itself, which I thought was really neat. It's like uh, they're celebrating Emma's birthday, and there's a bunch of, like, everybody's there for the party. It's pretty great. Yeah. What happened to this chapter? Norman's dudes helped the demon guys they are helping infiltrate the capital. Yeah, is that so everything? They, they like blew the bridge. Like the capital is like suspended over something, or they so they like blew the bridges to the capital, hacked the security system, killed a bunch of guards, and let Gielin or Gleelin, I don't remember which of the two it is, into the capital. And so they were mentioning normally the. Royal family has 5,000 soldiers. 4,000 of them are running out and about looking for our secret hideout. So there's only 1,000 here, 700 of which are in the town dealing with the fact that there were all these explosions and everybody's super concerned. So there's 300 guards in the Imperial Palace. And so we have that explanation that it's kind of Gielin coming into the royal families, or not the royal family, the nobles, like blood tribute to no name okay is that the same no name guy because i was starting to wonder hey are there actually two demons like this are they pretending that that guy is their king or something when really he's off in the walls screwing around or am i just completely misreading that no i think situation i think that was just they have this like ritual thing in order okay. to send him the best meat so well, that's like, true because that was go. the cost i i miss yeah i have two notes and one is wait are these two of these guys but no you're right 
You're absolutely right. They because he told them, "Hey, you have to give me the best ones." Yep. So it's their once a year thing. So they're giving him the stuff, and that's when Gielan shows up, and then he reveals that all of the like family members and retainers of the nobles have been eaten by Gielan and his forces. So they ate them, stole their masks, and their scent, and infiltrated them. So it's like it's the even though. It seemed like you were, or we were outnumbered. It's actually only like the six of you or however many there are versus all of us. And basically it was him revealing all of that and one of the novels being like, oh, really? You think this is enough to stop me? Kind of deal. Yeah. There's going to be a big demon fight. Yeah. It's the problem I always have when Promise Neverland focuses on the demons where they all like seem the same to me. And it makes it real hard to pick them out. They have very distinct features, but to the point where every single demon is super distinct, so they become almost indistinct in that way, as weird as that sounds. I like, know, yeah, exactly. They're just There's nothing you can latch onto. Yeah, it's like, all right, they all wear masks. That's about as far as I go. And they all look very odd. So it's like, it. there is nothing for you to latch onto and be like, oh yeah, that's this guy. Like, I can recognize them, but I can't identify them by name or anything like that i was like okay there's a guy that looks like this and like even i thought Gielan looked different the last time we saw him and maybe he did but i just had a bit of that wait is that what he looked like or did his character model change i mean they change they do change shape so it's not implausible that he would look a bit different yeah i mean i just didn't have very strong feelings for this chapter of promise neverland because again it's focusing on the demon stuff I do like how Gielan's like, oh, man, this Minerva guy's the real deal. His plan was super good. And I do like some of the, like, infiltration bombing bridges stuff. But yeah, I, that's I, not most of the chapter. I did like a lot of the chapter, actually. It wasn't one of my favorite of Promise Neverland. But this is a pretty good start to the end, the conclusion of the final arc. So I'm assuming the demon, like, I, I do like the artwork. So I think the demon fight's going to be pretty cool. We'll see. So next we have One Piece chapter 952, Hiyori and Kawamatsu, which I remember a little more. Kaido and Big Mom are fighting. Yep. And Queen's like, oh, man, do you guys need help at the prison? I bet you need prison help. But the guards, or I guess the inmates who have taken over are like, no, we're all good here. Well, no, they got the one girl who ate the millet dumpling yeah. devil fruit to, because the her ability works on animals, it works on the animal, pe- like, half- animal people which we've already seen but they remind yes. us here because it's been a while yeah so she's like oh yeah i convinced the warden to tell queen that he doesn't need any help also the guy who stole zoro's sword is like hey yeah after this sword left wano is when everything started to go to shit basically yep so i'm not gonna let you have it back and while they're kind of arguing and getting ready to fight some people show up to try and murder the or Orion. Momonosuke's sister. Yeah, I was going to say the Orion, but I was like, we know her name, but I can't remember it. But then the Kappa shows up because he raised her. And meanwhile, they're talking about back at the prison, like how all these soldiers, they get in contact with not Momonosuke, the others, Kinemon. They get in contact with Kinemon. Like, yeah, we have a ton of people. We just need weapons. Yep. And then they also reveal that the bandit guy was the person who originally stole the plans for the castle that they needed. They were like, you had him the whole time. <laughs> we spent days sending Frankie running around looking for the damn plans and you had them. It's like, well, I didn't know you were going to show up. Yeah. Yeah. So it's more set up, but it's good stuff, especially the Zoro stuff where 
like that's about to go down. Yep, and we find out that the monk guy, the dude who's been stealing weapons, trained under the the Kappa, the Kappa or something like that. He's like, it's so good to see you alive, even as he's running away. And I'm guessing he's going to be the dude that outfits everybody with swords. Yeah, it like, seems pretty obvious. I've been gathering swords for 20 years. My, my exact note is they need swords. If only there was a sword thief in this story. <laughs> yep. So yeah, pretty good One Piece, but also just pretty typical, like transitioning around. No high highs, but everything's falling into place in a nice way, which is what One Piece does. Yeah, I, I liked I, a lot. It seems like everything's set up, so it's time to start knocking stuff down. Yeah, I liked a lot of this stuff in it. So. so did I. I also just read it, like I said, a couple days ago. Yep. and barely remember it. And to me, that says it couldn't have been a superlative. Yep. Which brings us to My Hero Academia number 239, Successor, which is a pretty good chapter. It's also, like, I, it seems like we're finally out of this arc. We're probably going to have a chapter of two, uh, Denouement. Yeah. But, but, like, it's a pretty good conclusion to it. There's a bit where Tomura is just disintegrating everything. And so to avoid it, Redestro has to cut off his legs. Well, so it's Redestro like blows out of the suit that he was in and he was like trying to jump around. But in the middle of the disintegration wave, his feet touched to the ground. So he cut off his legs to stop the disintegration wave from traveling up his body. Which is pretty cool. But now he has no legs, so he can't really fight. Yep. And he he hands over the Liberation Army to Tomura. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, you're the one. Like, And at the same time, Higahimachi is like, ah, you are the true successor. Yep. But I do like that immediately, We to give it context, we get a flashback to the guys earlier being like, oh, man, we should have hung out with the mafia because then we could like have sushi and fancy dinners and stuff. Yep. And as Redestro is like, tell me what you desire, instead of like proving that right and being like, these are my lofty goals, he's like, give me sushi. We need a sushi. Well, no, dinner. he's like, wait, you're a CEO, right? That yeah. means you're loaded. Yeah. Which I like that... Redester's like, oh, yes, you are someone with, like, this vision and this grand feeling. And he's like, yeah, let's get paid. Yep. Although, hey, presumably, he's going to reward his subordinates. So, yeah, it's kind of character growth. So I did like this chapter, if only because it seems like we're out of this arc. That and is... it was a strong conclusion. Some of the disintegration wave wasn't super well drawn, but at the same time, the scale of it is nice. Yeah. I feel like it will work way better in the anime. Almost certainly, just from pacing, because this is probably like a, this is a less than 10 episode arc, I bet. I also just meant the disintegration wave. Like, oh, yeah. It will be easier to show color. color, and it will just be easier to show him Stuff sending out destroyed. a pulse, because that's what it looked like. He created this giant crater, but like he wanted to show the detail of it, so he had close-up shots, but he couldn't give like a wide enough angle during the action shots. Like I, I'm not saying that. I didn't like the art, but it was like, I understand. I, I had to piece stuff together, and I feel like in the anime, this will just work out much better because they can have stuff in motion, so you can literally see this pulse of destructive energy running through the city rather than a bunch of still images of things exploding. So that brings us to Samurai 8, Chapter 14, Father's Secret, which is also, I think, a pretty good chapter of Samurai 8. Yeah, I really it, liked it. Me too. It did the thing I... I don't want to say I wanted this series to do, but the thing where I'm like, this series needs to do this because this uh, the show this author learned a lesson with Naruto, yep. which is that Hachimaru becomes a superhero yep, because his dad is dead. Yes. There's also some more exposition, a lot of it, actually, 
Like we find out basically what had been hinted at before that Hachimaru had seven younger brothers that were supposed to be the seven samurai. I, I assumed Hachimaru was the youngest brother. Well, you were right. I said youngest. I, I meant older. Okay. And they're all named after numbers too, obviously. The yep. only one we get is Ikaku, but I assume that. Yeah, I'm assuming they're all named after numbers. Yeah. So in order to be like the seven ones with the keys, they have to kill Hachimaru. And absorb his power. Yeah. Because they're after Mandala's box, which is a different thing. Yeah, there's two different boxes. So there's Pandora's box and Mandala's box. And the through exposition, we find out that if you can open both of them, you can obtain the power to become a new god, essentially. Like Fumo Ryu or whatever the the god's name is, was the, was the one who initially opened Mandala's and Pandora's boxes. And that's what gave him his crazy powers. So Ada and this Hannah person apparently are pissed that he was like, I wasn't the one who was betrayed. God betrayed me first, so I'm going to become the new god. Yeah, but the Daruma is basically like, hey, that's going to like cause a lot of genocides. I'm not into that. And Ada's basically like, well, you've lost your fangs then. Yep. Well, and Daruma's also like, who's the one who's looking down on God now? Like, you think you can do it? Yeah. So it ends with Ada kind of finally... I don't know if vanishing is the right word, but fading away from the earlier attack. Yeah, his clone. Yeah, his body Yep, is what I was going to say. Like, obviously, he's not dead, but he's not yeah. here. I just took it more as like the he cut the signal kind Got of thing. It. Okay, like, that makes sense. I, I took it as the damage is finally too much, but I, it works. It could be either. Yeah, I was just like, all right, I'm done expositing. Time to end the call. Which is when Hachimaru's dad actually dies. Yep. He's got to toughen up. Although he's already kind of toughened up. Am I misremembering? Are his seven siblings still just there? What? Are his seven siblings still just there at the end? Am I misremembering? That some, no, it was a leave? transmission. Okay. So they they were with Ada's original body or that, real body or whatever. So they're off on some other planet. That makes sense. I just did not remember. Yeah, there was like a... The, Ada's body was like transmitting a screen into the air. And so that's where all of them were. It was like, oh, we're hanging out with Ada. I mean, I took it, like, the word transmission is fine, but I thought they all had literal bodies, the way that, like, Ada came here in a body. No, there, there's literally a panel of, it shows, like, a TV screen kind of thing being suspended in the air, like a holographic screen Gotcha. Thing. Okay. So, yeah, they're just on some, they're just having a, uh, they're FaceTiming him. <laughs> I really liked it as well. Like, in particular, we kind of glossed over it, but Hachimara's father's death. Like it was a note I think needed to happen, but it was still really well done. Yeah, and it was the it was the final panel of the the chapter, and of course it's raining and it's very emotional. It was great. Which brings us to Demon Slayer chapter one seventy, the immovable Hashira. So basically, this is just the Upper Moon One trying to get the Earth Hashira to like agree to become a demon. Yep, because then he wouldn't die. We get some. I don't know if it's new backstory on. It's new. We haven't known the thing about the guys with the marks. So Tanjiro has a mark and he was the first one to manifest it. And then a bunch of the Hashiras realized that they also had them. So Tanjiro's, he's got that like burn scar on his scalp that actually transforms. Like you've, uh, you've even seen it in the anime. Sometimes it starts changing shape. It's actually a really cool art thing that like happened in the background that Nobody really recognized until it was pointed out. I mean, I'm sure some people recognized it, but like I didn't recognize it until it was pointed out hundreds of chapters later. 
Oh, oh yeah. Sometimes that did start looking like flames rather than just like a, a burn scar. So anyway, the upper one's like, yeah, no one ever with that mark lived past 25. So you should become a demon because they're immortal. Yep. And Erythosher's like, well, I'm 27, so you're wrong. Well, no, he's like, you seem like you're about 27. You're right. Uh, no one's lived past 25. So because you activated it now, you're going to die tonight, probably. And the Earth Hashira, he's like, you should become a demon and be immortal. And the Earth Hashira is like, you think I had such weak will that that would stop me? Like, I'm here to complete my mission. No Hashira would give into a half-hearted desire like wanting to live. Yeah, which is some pretty cool stuff. I didn't realize he'd never activated it before, I guess. Yeah, most of the... Tanjiro is the only person who's activated it. No, I think one of the other Hashiras has activated it. But, like, the Earth Hashira and a bunch of them hadn't... Like, they kind of recognized that they had it, but had never activated it before. Okay. So, so just some pretty standard Demon Slayer stuff. Not as good as last week's combat scenes, but still pretty good. Yep. And there's also... There's a bit where the Upper Moon one is like, without exception, every Mark user has died before the age of 25. And the Earth Hashira at the end is kind of like, you said without exception, but I bet there was an exception. There was one guy who made it past 25 and is still alive. And the Upper Moon one kind of pauses and he's like, ha, I knew it. I was right. Yeah. So I'm excited to figure that out. It, I, my bet would be Tanjiro's dad, but yeah. we'll see. I don't think Tanjiro's dad is still alive, but... But I think he lived past 25. Yeah. Which brings us to We Never Learn, Chapter 123. Their thoughts turn to the departing year and X. So it's a New Year's Eve chapter, which makes sense since we just had Christmas. Yep. I have similar issues where it seems like a really weird time to have a New Year's Eve chapter, but if that's where we are in the story, I guess it makes sense. Yeah, they're just moving along plot-wise in the story. Yugiya is hanging out with his two friends we never see. We occasionally see them, but yes. I don't think they've been in the manga since I started reading it. I mean, they other than the yes, first volume that we read. Have they? I, I'm i pretty sure they have. Regardless, they're here now. They're jealous of Yu-Gi-Oh! And how he always has girls fawning over him, but they're also trying to wingman him. Yes. Because they go to a New Year's Eve party where they know the girls are going to show up, and they all just are like feeding him food. Like, here, have this Udon. Here, have this Yukitori. And his friends are like jealous, and at the same time, like, okay, we have to get him to settle down with one. Yep. Well, I really like Fumio has these two giant bags of food, and she's like, calories get reset at the New Year. It's like, no, no, they don't. That is not how anything works. And so she's like, here, do you want something? And right as she's about to do it, Ogata. Ogata. I'm like, God, oh, I'm forgetting like, Udon. Udon feeds him noodles. And so that's when everybody's kind of get like, no, eat this, eat this. Because all the girls are competing like, wait, no, I want to feed Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. So then Yu-Gi-Oh kind of breaks off because he wants to buy some charms for academic success. Well, yeah, they, they probably had a bunch of stuff to do. And he's like, well, let's kind of like split into teams to get everything done that we want to. And so he went off to go buy charms. But they were all sold out. Also, uh, the older student whose name escapes me this second. Zenpai. Zenpai is the one selling them. But she's like, yep, they're all sold out. Sorry. Also, I'm going to tease you like I always do. Yep. He bumps into his sensei. And she bought all the academic success charms. Well, so the <laughs> thing that I thought was pretty cute was he finds a person stuck backwards in like the hedge. And he's like, that butt looks familiar. 
and recognizes that it's Kirisu Sensei just from her butt. I was going to skip over that detail, but oh, yes, that is how it happens. Uh, just, it's she's... because she keeps getting trapped in things. <laughs> I know. I've read this manga slash watched the anime. So he helps her out and she's like, here, take one of these and give the others to the girls. You know, good luck. Yeah, she bought them for all of her students. And it ends with them all watching fireworks together. And it actually really feels like an ending. It's not. There's going to be a new chapter next week. But I could see a world where this is the final chapter where he doesn't want to go into the like exams and what happens to them all in the future. Yeah, but this was definitely a, a nice kind of like they he set it up as like an end of the year resolution of like, oh, I can't believe all this started this year. Like, you know, what an amazing end to the year. Yeah, it feels like maybe it's been almost three years. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings us to act age scene. I have seven. That's not right. I was 72, I want to say, but my typing failed me, which is called swordplay, because this is a chapter about Kay trying to learn how to sword fight because there's a sword fighting scene there's, in the play. It, it sounds like there's a lot of sword fighting in the play, not just a scene. There's at least one scene yes. right, where she's fighting the Monkey King and they're like, but really, like the emotion is that she's like imagining fighting her husband. Yeah. The it, Monkey King is just the one there. Yep. And Kay like can't get a grasp on it because she's never been jealous that, that jealous of anyone she, she's like i should get married but there's no one for me to get married to yep. there's not enough time for them to cheat on me yep so they get invited by the director of the other play to come see them and uh, as zach said last week chiyoko is just so mad <laughs> that's yes. just what she's throwing herself into so when Kay sees that she's like oh my god she's so good at this and i want to be her friend but she's so mad at me yep she was like oh Princess Iron Fan is supposed to be mad at the Ox King, and she's basically like, I'm Chio's Ox King. Yeah. Like, you know, she's fighting the Monkey King in the sequence, but I'm the one she's pissed at, so it's it's still coming through that she's mad at someone else. Yeah. And Chio's been working herself to the point where her voice is raw, because she's like, what? That doesn't sound like Chio at all. Yeah. And, but apparently there are still vocal techniques you can use with that, so... Yes. To make her sound angry. And she just looks bloodshot and pissed off. It's super good. Yeah. And so we have, right at the end, Kay cracker knuckles getting ready for something. And we have Ogami kind of looking over going, hmm. Because even in the swordplay, he's like, ah, don't worry about it. Ordinary people fail all the time. (laughs) She's like, I'm supposed to be playing a goddess, not an ordinary people. Yeah. Someone else remarks on it, too. Is like, did he just call her ordinary yeah, uh, super good this week. Yep. Which brings us to the biggest downer, like, of the in the history of the podcast, maybe? I'm surprised you didn't save it for last. Well, I just do it in order that they're given, so. That's right. And also, the thing I did save for last makes sense to me for last, which is the final chapter of The Last Sayuki. At least the end of The Last Sayuki. Well, it says, it's called Last Sayuki Final Chapter. It doesn't even have a name. I get that, but what I mean is Hellwarden got an epilogue chapter. It did. So maybe maybe we'll get an epilogue chapter. I haven't seen anything to that effect here, but that or for this, but I haven't looked as hard. I do hope we do, but I wasn't expecting it for Hellwarden. I knew about it somehow. I don't know oh, okay. where I was told about it. Gotcha. But I did know it was gonna happen. So anyway, yeah, it's kind of a bummer. It feels like more of a final chapter than Hellwarden or Neolation did. Especially yeah. the last couple of pages, but like 
the whole thing kind of has an ending feel to it. The early stuff might have just had to be scripted over, but like I could see it either way with that. Yeah. But at least at the ending, there's kind of a soft time skip. We get to see an older Ryunosuke yep. and Estelle. and With a powered up team of people. So it's Estelle, Furuka-sensei, his dad, and the crown. And now I do know it's the crown because it's the crown hanging out above another dude holding this giant pole. So it's like, oh yeah, it's the crown that's the head of the... And Ryunosuke looks like Terry Bogart from Final Fight because he's older. Yep. And he uses his Nyobu like a baseball bat because baseball themes from earlier. Yep. It was kind of, it was a pretty huge bummer just because this is what Kevin and I have been dreading most for the past couple of weeks. Yep. I, like, I was just very sad. I did like the, there's a bunch of stuff that I'm really interested about with the ending. So the fact that, like, as they're getting ready to fight the final monster uh, with K going through Urkai. I think it's, I've always, we've always said K. So. I think it's K. That wasn't me being like, have we been getting it wrong the whole time? And just me forgetting, I've been forgetting all of the names. But, so they showed the video and then it's all the kids wearing Ryanosuke's hat. So they're, it's a baseball hat with a spade on it. And all the kids are talking to the parents. It's like, don't worry, that kid's there. And so like he gained some cult following with all the children to become baseball fans so that they can defeat this monster. <laughs> it's a baseball spirit bomb. Everybody's favorite. Yep. But I just, I liked that aspect of it. I did really like the final shot of Ryanosuke and his team. I was like, oh, that looks so cool. Like they're I all, I wish we got to see that. I know. I was like, oh, his dad's got this like cool lightning Miobu thingy. And you know, they're, they've all changed a little bit. But like Estelle still has her giant dual maces and it just it all looks really good. I was just like, eh, I, I don't want it to be over. Neither do I. But like, this is the hell we have to accept. This is the problem with getting all of the series from Shonen Jump is that we get to see all the quickly cut series. Which, yeah. you know, ties well into Bakuman, which we're reading this week. Yeah, at least. But yeah, it's a huge bummer. That it's over. But I, I did like the like street fight scene. It looks like it's going to happen yep. at the end. I love seeing them all a little older. It's a really cool drawing. But yeah, it's no substitute for getting the actual story, which we won't. Yeah. Like, honestly, if we had gone through the rest of it and then it ended in a similar manner where it's like, all right, time to fight the monster. But they like they don't actually fight the monster. I still wouldn't have been as sad as oh we had to time skip to like get to all this cool stuff because like if you leave it open to interpretation it's like all right did they win or did they lose you know that's something cool yeah with the story but this is just kind of like oh so we had to time skip to their more powerful give me a bunch of questions and be like and never again the last sayuki not even 24 times nope which speaking of endings leads us to hellward and higama epilogue the night of the dragon which is maybe an even weirder ending than Hellward and Higuma had before. Absolutely. As far as endings go. It's more like they were like, hey, just do some more manga. And he's like, okay. And like, oh, by the way, you only get one. Okay. Yeah. Like, it's just another Hellward and Higuma story, but it feels like it's the start of another arc. Yes. Which is just a super weird choice. We find out that the raid that was going to happen at the end of the last one went well, but they didn't manage to kill anybody. Or they, they managed to figure out their plan, though. 
So they're at a festival because the were they devils in that? Were they demons? The baddies are trying to kill a bunch of humans at one time. So they're just going to highly populated areas. Yep, and they're like all the hell wardens have been doing this. There's a dragon. It says scales like rain. They pierce people. It's bad. Yikuma yep. fights it. But the dragon is a distraction, and it's actually just a tiny lizard. Yeah. Creating a big dragon. Yep. Higuma tries to capture the lizard, but the little girl he befriended at the festival before that we skipped that detail, because of course he befriended a little girl at the festival earlier. Yep. Murders the dragon because she's being possessed. Uh, it's kind of implied that once a year, this super powerful hell spirit possesses this girl just yep. to watch the fireworks at this festival. Yeah. So the dragon that they were fighting was 321 years or 320 something years in hell. And this girl was 820 something. Yeah. And she's like, I hate humans, but they make beautiful things. So I like watching fireworks. Yep. And that's how Hell Warden Higuma ends. Yep. Also, she's like, yeah, but you've helped me watch some fireworks. So when I murder you, it will be quick and painless. Yeah. I... Which I, I like is the villain line, but we're never going to see. Yeah, her again. So yeah, this was really a case of, oh, it's getting another chapter. It it looks like you just like picked a chapter that happens later in the series or in your head of like, all right, this is my head canon. Well, I mean, if you only get one more, you might as well do the one you want to do. I guess. Yeah, uh, like there's some cool stuff in it, but it's just kind of like a, oh, it's it's just kind of like they gave you another chapter, not like, all right, you need to make an epilogue. And he was like, hmm. No, <laughs> I'm just I'm going to do another sitcom episode one more time. Ayaha doesn't get to do anything. Yeah. And that brings us to Jump Card. Jump card is the segment where we're really, really sad that Last Sayuki is over. And then we rank all the chapters that we read this week from worst to best, even the ones we didn't talk about in detail. We yep. got 19 this week, which is actually about normal now, but yep. feels like a lot. So what do you have at number 19, Kevin? I have Double Taisei at number 19. And it's because Double Taisei still keeps trying to do things. And I'm like, it's it's too late. I don't care. And it doesn't make sense. I mean, like, yes, I agree with you, but also, like, I kind of appreciate that it's trying to do things, which is why I have it a little bit higher. Yeah, it's just the, I don't know, I just, I'm not a fan of, so basically it was like, oh yeah, say, yeah, say wakes up in the middle of the match, because there's like, oh no, there's a minute left, well, I have to beat her like Ty would, and, and then the grandpa master homeless guy man <laughs> i believe he is not homeless but he 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 dresses like a homeless man the majin is like oh you were playing a pretty interesting game beforehand and it's just that's another one of the things that just infuriates me about double taisei is it like it cannot decide whether say or tai is better at shogi I, i'm okay with that because like there's a tension to that and i did really like the fact that like 
Psy wakes up and has to figure out what's going on in this Shogi game and how to finish it real quick. Yeah. And it was like, I like that aspect. And I also like that he challenges the mage and now they'll both have faced him. And that's a potential way to answer that question. I guess. I mean, Dabble Taisei, not my favorite. It's probably the series I would be least upset about being canceled. The other thing was, because I don't understand Shogi at all, I don't understand how his move of returning the guy to a sitting king won him the game. And maybe there were other moves, like, inferred, but it felt like, to me, he was like, and then I go back to a sitting king, thus ensuring my victory. But yeah. but did you actually win? Like, I, I don't understand how Shogi works. I mean, that's definitely fair. I have Tokyo Shinobi Squad on the bottom, because, boy, do I not care about anything that happens in Tokyo Shinobi Squad. Fair. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I, like... It, it ends with him setting up like, oh, you've activated my trap. And I'm like, cool, I guess. Yep. Yeah, it's my number 18. Um, okay. Same stuff. I do like, you've activated you've activated my trap card. Neodymium magnets. <laughs> it's like, those are words, I, I mean, guess. Those are mag- like, they're the strongest <laughs> earth metal magnets that you can make, but uh, okay. I got Haikyuu at 18. I honestly don't remember why. It's been so long since I read it. Probably because it was just Haikyuu. Yeah. I struggle with... Uh, so, it's my number 17. And I struggle with Haikyuu because it's like... I get what you're... I have an idea of what you're trying to make me feel. But I don't feel it because I haven't seen any of the journey. So, it's like... The short kid hasn't given up. O- okay. Yeah, now that you're saying that, I think that's a very similar feeling to me. 17's where I put Double Taisei. My number 16 was Beast Children, because it was like, rugby, stuff happened. Even though we lost, the kicker guy was like, you know what? I'm going to join your team anyway. He, he didn't have that feeling of it. He was like, well, I mean, I guess I can, because, but as long as you call me big bro. Yeah, I, I put Beast Children very slightly higher than you, mostly because I really like the ending where he's like, hey, we got these jackets that like the coach made before he left. Well, we never ended up taking them out because by the time they got here, he was dead. Yep. But like, this is symbolic, and I kind of like that moment. Yeah, it was a cool moment. I just, at, I don't care about the manga. That's fair. At 16, I have Chainsaw Man. I feel like it was just introducing a bunch of new potential bad guys and... It's like, this is this guy. This is this guy. Here's this guy. Oh, here's this guy. Yep. And like the angel devil they introduce is cool. But well, other than that. They're they're not the bad guys. They're the Division 4 members. Well, yeah, but you're, you're right. They are not the bad guys. I was like, like here's Denji's new team. Rogue. Yeah. And like I said, the angel devil's cool, but everybody else is just like, and this guy. The shark guy was funny. I don't remember any jokes of that. I, b- I will believe well, I, you. I just meant the idea of the shark. Oh, like he's he like, can swim he's through a anything. shark devil and he can swim through anything and grow a shark head and likes biting things. <laughs> like, ha- it didn't get much of a chuckle, but, but it, got I, it got a little bit of a chuckle. I was like, yeah, that's funny. I gotcha. So it went a little bit higher for me. My number 15 was Yui Kamiyo. Because I still don't care about this manga. <laughs> I mean, it. here's what I'll say about Yui Kamiyo, which also for me went very slightly higher than you. This just felt like a chapter of Yui Kamiyo to me. Like, there was no, nothing about it made me think, oh, that's not good. Nor was there any of the, like, spark I see sometimes where I'm like, oh, this could be really good. Well, yeah. It just felt like a chapter of manga. That's why it's not at the bottom of my list. I was just like, yeah, Yui Kamiyo, the Japanese 
doll lady apparently still has her superpowers I, without yeah, the Mushi. That is kind of weird. And I, is in love with Kito now. I, I, I don't know if whatever. I like the harem element or not. Like, I honestly don't know if I think that's kind of funny or if it's just too much. Yeah. But she's like, oh, yeah, it was a cool yacht party. You should come on the cool yacht party. I, do, I don't know if I... I, okay, I do kind of like the idea of Kito acquiring all these girls like Pokemon as they're defeated after they're depowered. Japanese um, doll lady, I choose you! Yeah, I kind of like that idea, but... And number 15, I have Beast Children. I already talked about yep. why. Alright, at number 14, I have Hellwarden. Because I wasn't expecting it. And while I did really like a lot of Hellwarden chapters, it was kind of like all right, you get the special epilogue chapter that's just, like, a chapter. It doesn't really... The only thing it does is, like, hey, the rate was successful. Sort of. <laughs> oh, okay. I put Yui Kimia at 14. Like I said, very slightly higher than you. Yep. My number 13 was Jujutsu Kaisen. I did actually like this chapter of Jujutsu Kaisen. We have some Gojo-sensei dealing with this guy, the one character's dad the assassin dude who apparently doesn't have any cursed spirit power at all like he's just he's kind of like itadori where he just had a ton of like physical strength so he was using like cursed tools and stuff like that to do things and there was some cool stuff going on in there but it wasn't super amazing yeah it had the problem you've been talking about with this arc where it's a flashback so we know it's not like gojo's dead yeah I was like, he got stabbed in the throat. Well, again, you can't build tension on a character I know survives. I put Hell's Paradise at 13, and I really don't remember why. I remember liking it a lot less than recent Hell's Paradise chapters. I thought this one was pretty good, actually. But that's all I really remember about it, so that's why I put it lower. My number 12 was Dr. Stone. Dr. Stone just kind of tends to... I know it's not technically the middle of my list, but I just think the the top of the list... Shonen Jump manga is pretty good, so the middle kind of skews low. Yeah, that that's a really good way to put it. It was like, I, I enjoyed it. it. There was some cool stuff in there. They make an oxygen tank. And I did like the little science thing of like, uh, so they're pumping up the oxygen. They're like, this is super easy. I didn't think it'd be that hard. It was like, well, yeah, you know, when you're only pumping it like two atmospheres. But when we get to like 50, they have like a 50 foot bamboo pole that they're at the end of trying to move because it's like, it's true, you know, trying to pump a bunch of air into a tank at at first it's very easy and then it gets harder and harder so i thought that was a a neat thing going on i have promised neverland at number 12 i talked about my feelings where like it's fine but it just feels like a setup chapter of promised neverland and most of it was just these demons i don't really care about about to fight yeah i have black clover at number 11 i actually really like this chapter of black clover but go on i it's not like I didn't like this chapter of Black Clover. I just thought some of the other stuff was better. Tell me this. Has the pun about the nations been established before, or, the, or is this new? Because that's a huge amount of why I put it up higher. I'm pretty sure they've talked about the other nations before, because they've definitely been invaded before. And I, I think that's probably why it didn't hit me as much, is because it's like... You already knew there was, that in addition to the Clover Kingdom, there was a Heart Nation and a Diamond Nation, I and think it, on that, a Spade Nation. I think it was, like, the Diamond Nation knights attacked or something like that. So, like, they revealed that it was the the suits for the different nations. Because we definitely had that 
I'm pretty sure we've had that before. So I think that's why the pun didn't hit me as hard. I mean, that's not the only reason I put it so high, but that yeah. was a big part of it. I'm not going to lie. Anything else you wanted to say about it? I do like how the previous Wizard King is like, Asta, you're probably, Asta, you're going to die because the Magic Council is going to pin this whole thing on demons and you have a demon inside of you. And he's like, no, I'd, uh, oh, wait, that would explain a lot, huh? Yep. I did love the the one bit where he's like, ah, turning turning into Black Boat is totally fine. I just hurt all over afterwards. That's not totally fine. I do. Any panel with Asta saying stuff and his two girlfriends in the background, like, having mad expressions is great. That's yep. the other reason it went up so high. Yeah, it that was really good. I put Jujutsu Kaisen at 11 I, gotcha. because there was a lot of clever stuff in the fight, but like we've talked about, it's hard to build tension with it. Yeah, so my number 10 was One Piece. I I liked this chapter of One Piece, but like you said, they're just kind of like, all right, we're getting ready to do a bunch of stuff now. So it's like we've secured the prisoners and we're hinting at, oh, how are we going to get them weapons? Oh, well, there's this dude that's been stealing weapons constantly. So cool One Piece, but. My number 10 was Hellwood and Higuma, because I really do like the core story idea with that little girl. It's kind of a cheap storytelling device, but I thought it worked. Yeah. And it's like fun to go out on a celebratory moment. But man, is it not any sort of conclusion? Yeah. My number nine was Chainsaw Man. I just kind of liked the here's the introduction to the team kind of thing. So it's like we have the shark guy who made me laugh. The poison guy who I didn't care about at all. Or no, he was the violence he was the violence devil, that's it. He has to wear a poison plague doctor mask in order to constantly poison him so he can't get out of control. Yeah. Yeah, I remember not caring for that super much. Yeah, I don't, I, like, I was like, all right, cool, it's like a witch doctor dude, like, I like that character design, but other than that, I didn't care. And then, like you said, the angel was actually a really sweet addition to it. It was like, oh, if you touch me, your lifespan is shortened and I have wings and a halo and aren't violent towards <laughs> humans. It's like, that's pretty neat. Yeah, that's the one idea in there that I actually like. I put Last Sayuki at number nine. Part of it is just, you know, the conflicted feelings of it's over and me not wanting it to be over. But also, I feel like what we really liked about Last Sayuki was the emotional beats. And this didn't get to have them because it had to be so exposition-y and so much plot. I still think it had some emotional moments. But... I think only in the meta sense of I don't want it to be over. I did like it, but... yeah. At the same time, like, I don't want it to be over, and I don't want this to be how it ends. <laughs> gotcha. My number eight was Hell's Paradise. I like this chapter, so we essentially have the one guy who's defected, not defected really, but who's partnered up with the Lord Tenzins, kind of going through, we're kind of given a play-by-play of, all right, so these are how the matchups are all working out, essentially. Because he's like, all right, I remember everybody's names, and so he's the one Lord Tenson that he's with is writing the names on strips of paper and then performing a ritual to be like, are they alive? No, they're dead. Oh, they're over here. They're over here kind of thing. And then the samurai and the ninja that showed up have summoned steeds, which are the weird monster things. Cause they're like, we need to make it to the castle to be involved in this fight. I put Dr. Stone at number eight. I'm against uh, struggling a little bit to remember why, but I really like the ending where they send up the three jellyfish. I just thought it was really well like laid out in what that meant. Like it was a good reveal, even though it's a very small one. 
I thought it was a very nice level of craft to that. Where it's yeah. like, one, jellyfish is, we didn't find anything. Two is, we found the guy we needed. Three is, we found everyone. It's all cool. Yep. And like you said, the gags with the uh, oxygen tank were also pretty good. Yeah. And there was an actual tension of, yeah, we can only do this once. Yeah. So, I liked it. But my number seven was We Never Learn. I really like this. We Never Learn. I kind of like the ending feel to it, or conclusion-y feel to it. Like, this was a good way to... You know, ah, oh, it's the end of the year. It's a good way to kind of like wrap it up kind of feeling, even though it didn't actually wrap almost anything up. Yeah. I mean, it just feels like we never learned a sitcom and could go on forever. So an ending that's like, and then it goes on forever. Yeah. Kind of feels fine as long as it's the emotional beats. And this one did. Yep. I have Demon Slayer at number seven because pretty good. De- Demon Slayer always pretty good. So, like, everything above it, quite good. I really liked everything above it. And I liked Demon Slayer. It just didn't blow my socks off this week. Yep. So I have The Promised Neverland at number six. I like this, I guess, a bit more than you just because I liked some of the, you know, I kind of liked the turn of, like, oh, yeah, you're the one demon is like, mother, father, get out of here. It's dangerous. And then it turned out, I ate your parents. Just being funny. <laughs> you know, for kids. Yeah. Them, the, them good goof-em-ups about eating your kids. I guess eating your parents, in this case. The opposite of eating your nye, 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 nye. I just eat, or no. Nye, 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 nye. You just eat your parents. How very Arya Stark. I have Black Clover at number six. I pretty much talked about why already. Yep. I have Demon Slayer at number five. I thought it was pretty cool. I liked the kind of hint of like, oh yeah, the all the Mark users die at 25 uh, with no exceptions. And then the Earth Hashra kind of his whole, no, I'm not going to become a demon. I, I'm here to protect everyone and kill you. And even if it costs me my life, that's what I'm going to continue to do. Also, there must have been one dude who lives who lived past 25 because you're kind of like avoiding the, avoiding telling me about this stuff. I've we never learned at five, again, and we kind of talked about why. Yep, I have my hero at number four. I do as well. Again, I feel like we kind of hammered in why. I'm glad for this story to be over. I am like kind of like how Tomura reacts to getting this giant boost in power. Yeah. Uh, Even though it's like totally hypocritical. And I feel like if I was Redestor, I'd be super disappointed in that. Like almost to the point where I'd be like, never mind, just kill me. Um, But like, I feel like that works in the story. Yeah. It's not a critical. It's I'm being critical of Tomura, the character, not Tomura as a character in the story. Yeah. Well, then it's something I like about him that, like, even though he got this huge power up, he's not suddenly become the final boss. Like, he's still got some growing to do, even as a villain character, which is nice. Yeah. What do you have at number three? At number three, I have Act Age. Because I did really like this chapter. I like Chio, or K seeing Chio with all the rage. And how she was like, I've been struggling to do this sword fighting thing right because I'm supposed to be fighting the Ox King, not the Monkey King. And the gag about, I need to get married so that I can be cheated on so that I can know how it feels. (laughs) That's very good. So I just, I liked a lot of the stuff in that. I put One Piece at number three because we get some good Zoro stuff and I'm always here for that. And like I said, it feels like we're starting to knock down all the dominoes we've set up. Yeah. I really like when One Piece gains that momentum. Yeah, honestly, I feel like we didn't get a whole lot of Zoro in this. Like, I realize he's there, but it was mainly like Zoro's here to fight the weapon stealing guy. And then the Kappa shows up, and then these guys show up. And then the weapon stealing guy runs away, and Zoro doesn't really get to do anything. 
Well, you're not wrong, but... Yeah. But no, I know what you mean. So, my number two was Samurai 8. Mine was as well. The ending father bit is really good. The ending father bit is really good, and I also really liked the fact that his dad said, when he's explaining, oh yeah, this device, when I activate it, will end my life. I never managed to make anything perfect. Like, I just like that little side thing of him of like, oh yeah, I invented the the clones, but there were supposed to be seven of them, and then there were eight. And then I made this device, though, you know, can kill even a samurai, but it doesn't work. And I just, I like that aspect of it. Yeah. And I, his... I like him being like, hey, you were always actually tough, and now you need to be tough for someone else. Yep. That was really good, him getting all of them together. I really liked his confession of, like, at one point, I was thinking of killing you, because if I killed you before the seven reabsorbed your power, maybe it would stop them. Yeah. But he was like, he 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 has his like hand near him, and Hachimaru grabs his finger, and he's like, "I realized then that you weren't weak, and that's where I started to do you a disservice. Where I made I put you in the role of the protected when really you were strong all along, and now I'm glad that you've gotten the role of the protector." Yeah, uh, very powerful. Yep. So what do you have at number one above that? So my number one is the last Sayuki. Even though it was the ending that I didn't want, I still liked it. I liked the emotional moment of Ryanosuke comes out talking to his dad when they leave the K's mindscape or whatever that was. Being like, you idiot, I still want to go to the beach with you. And K and Estelle can go to school and make new friends. Like, I'm going to play baseball with Shige and all, all this other stuff of like, I realize that you've put a ton of pressure on me, but I still want to be a normal kid. Like, I don't think that this has caused me to become something that I'm not going to be. And I put act agent number one, maybe just because with Last Sayuki canceled, I feel Chio's rage. But more seriously, I really like the art on her. And like we talked oh, about really good, yeah. last chapter, she's like, yeah, I have to go all in. Like, yep. I don't have an exit plan if this doesn't work. And so like seeing that she looks like a completely different character. Yeah. When she's so up, like, angry, and that's directed at Kay is just so powerful in that Shonen way. Yep. All right. So that will do it for Shonen Jump, except for the series we're reading is very Shonen Jump oriented, which is Bakuman, and we will talk about that after the break. So we read Bakuman this week, which is a manga about making manga. Yep. Meta. <laughs> it's also one of my favorite series we've read for this podcast already. It's, it's really good, yeah. yeah. I talked about how Hunter x Hunter is a perfect unit of Shonen Manga, Volume 1. Bakuman's not quite that good, but it's probably the closest thing. And that it's super, super strong. I actually know what happens next, just because finding out about this series, I knew specifically what I was told is I assume what's going to happen in the next like two or three chapters after this. But even with that, I really wanted to keep going. Yeah. And me not knowing what's going on, I'm like, I really want to know what happens. Like, I know the series goes on for 20 volumes. Yep. So like, 
clearly they're like, we're going to make manga. And the editor goes, nope, you suck. And they get dejected and quit. But I was still, I was very interested in going on as well. And since I was reading on the Viz app, it was actually really hard to basically stop myself at chapter seven and be like, I I can just swipe left and go, or I can just hit this button and keep reading chapter eight. Yeah, I bought the box set for Bakuman because I was pretty sure we would be coming back to it. Gotcha. So similarly, it was difficult not to grab out volume two. Yep. Because it's really good. The main character is Moritaki, but most people call him Psycho because that's like another way you can pronounce his name, basically. Yeah, it's the characters. Yeah, it's a thing with Japanese names where it's like you can read the kanji differently depending on. So that's how in in Japan, a lot of people announce, like even if they have their name written out, they're like, this is how you say my name because the kanji can be read or the characters can be read differently through different interpretations. He's in his last year of middle school, and basically, I really like the first chapter because I feel like anybody who's interested in manga can relate to this kid because he's like, well, I need to do good in school so I can get a good job so I'm not a burden to society, but I don't really know what I want. I don't think it's just anybody interested in manga. I think it's anybody interested in those kind of out-of-the-box professions. Well, yeah, like it's true, too. The people that want to be esports stars or Twitch streamers or YouTubers or, you know... Or and, even who just have, like, creative desires, but they don't know how they want to focus them. Yeah, I want to be, you know, I really like drawing and want to be an artist, but I can't just be an artist. You know how difficult that is? So I have to uh, become a Japanese salaryman was basically his plan of, like, well, I don't want to be a burden on my parents or society, so I'll study hard and get into a good college and then get a good job and pay the bills and just drone along in life. Yeah. So he also has a crush on the cute girl in his class named Miho, because of course he does. And he also, I suppose before that, we find out that as a younger kid, he won a lot of awards for his art talent. Yep. But now he's like in this dejected, I got to study hard. I'm about to have high school entrance exams, the most stressful time of any Japanese kid's life. So I just, I got to go for it. But he draws this cute girl he has a crush on and goes home to study on a half day. But his friends are like, we should hang out and see a movie. He's like, no, we got to study. Exams are coming up. But he realizes he left his notebook at school and he's like, well, I don't really need it, but I do not want to leave that drawing I did at school overnight. So I better go get it. And when he's there, he finds Akito Takagi, who is the super smart guy in his class. Yep. And he's there and he has the notebook and he's like, hey, uh, you know, you have good taste. Mio is the cutest girl in class. Yep. Uh, and he's like, OK, so like, what are what, what's going to happen here? Are you going to tell her unless I do something? Are you going to give it back to me? He's like, I will give it back to you on the condition that you draw manga for me because you are a talented artist who has taste. So, yep, I want it to be you because I want to be a manga writer and he's like that's crazy you are the smartest guy in class i refuse and he's like that is something a manga character would say therefore you must be into manga yes (laughs) he's like yes i read manga that you would have to be crazy to go into it for as a career because the like percentage of people who can do that is crazy low and he's like hey why do you know so much about it he's like oh my uncle was a manga artist or rather he was a gambler because he was not very good at it and couldn't pay his bills with it. Yeah, he essentially alludes to people like Odai who are the geniuses at their craft. And it's like, all right, yeah. So he, Odai started doing stuff and he was a genius and just everything worked. But then there were tons of manga writers that like, you know, last Sayuki, I got 23 chapters and then it got canceled. 
or even people like the guys who did Death Note. Funny joke, if you know who wrote Bakuman. Like, they had a super, super successful series, but it didn't run that long, so, like, within four years, they would be destitute if they don't have another super successful series. Yep. Lucky for them, they did. Yes. <laughs> and now they have another one. Uh, I don't see... I think I'd... Platinum End is the worst of theirs by far, but... I... I... I didn't mean to imply that they have another super but they do have series, series, but they do have another series. They are putting bread on the table. Yes. Um, and they're like, and we're, we'd be a writer-artist combo. So, like, we would get half the money. We have to be even more successful. Yep. And, like, the birth rate in Japan is declining so greatly that you literally can't beat One Piece or Dragon Ball in terms of popularity. popularity. Like, in circulation. Yep. That, that does come out later, but I really like that, where he's... Um, because at one point he's like, let's make the best manga ever. And he's like, but the birth rate is declining. There's no way we can beat One Piece or Dragon Ball now. And <laughs> Takagi is like, I'm amazed that you think about this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he's like, no. And uh, Takagi's like, fine, you can have your notebook back. He gets home and his mom scolds him for being out late because she was making lunch for him when he left. And he's like, you should study harder. And he just like goes into a super depressed funk. Yep. When Takagi uh, calls him, he's like, hey, I'm going to Miho's house to confess. Or does he just show up, boombox style? No, he's like, he calls her, he calls him and is like, hey, I'm going to Miho's house to confess to her, so uh, you should probably show up. And he's like, that, what? No, <laughs> nah? Yep. But he decides to go, so Takagi rings the doorbell and it's her mom, and they're like, this is mega awkward. Uh, we're in her class. I'm uh, Takagi's like, oh, the super, super smart guy, which when you're first reading the manga, it sounds like she's like, oh, okay, she can talk to him. But if, knowing what I know, I almost feel like she'd be disappointed. Like, oh, the super smart guy. Yep. <laughs> anyway, she lets Miho go and Takagi's like, hey, you want to be a voice actress, right? Yep. Psycho is like, what? She does? That's crazy. No one can make it as a voice actress. And then he's like, I'm going to write manga, so also he has something to confess to you. And he's like, I, uh, uh, I'm also going to make manga. Yeah, it'll be great. And then uh, when our manga is super popular and becomes an anime, you can voice the heroine. Will you marry me then? Yep. And he's like, oh, shit, I said that. And she's like, yes, I will. And he's like, oh, shit, she said, what? Yep. And then it's she's amazing. Like, yes. Well, and then she's <laughs> like, but we will never see each other until you make a hit anime. And he's like... What? <laughs> to be How fair, is she, that romantic? To be fair, she runs back in. And she's I like, know. Uh, hey, okay, yes, I agree. I, uh, Yes, I'm serious about it. But, like, until then, we can only, like, exchange emails to encourage each other. Yes. It'll only be once you have a hit anime that I'm a voice actress in that we can get married. Yep. And we also find out that it's very similar to a situation his uncle was in, where his uncle had a crush on this girl in middle school, and they wrote letters to each other back and forth telling each other about their lives and encouraging each other but they could never confess their feelings yep and he's like well at least i told her what i want which is one up on my uncle yep also another thing i think is funny she's like well we can we can just you know communicate through emails and then he's like wait i, I don't have her email address I, I yeah i was gonna say the entire volume takagi's like you should talk to her and get her email address before we were out of school and he's like i'll do it later yeah it's pretty great uh yeah I, I hope he gets it although i suppose he knows where she lives he could ask her mom for it she would be so happy to give it to him yes. we find out yes because this pulls what i'm gonna call the kingdom hearts gambit whereas it takes a r totally ridiculous thing 
and makes it more ridiculous to somehow make it more plausible. Yes. <laughs> Which is, we find out that Miho's mom was the girl that his uncle had a crush on. Yep. And she also <laughs> had a crush on him. Yes. And we there's really good backstory stuff, but like they end up going, they figure it out. Because they find his uncle's letters and they go to talk to her. Oh, I guess we're kind of skipping we, over we, that we, big I, thing. I, I was going to go back. To okay. Uh, and they end up, ha- because we've just been talking about her mom so much. Yeah, that makes sense. And they kind of grill her and she's like, yeah, I was in love with him, but we could never confess our feelings. And so I fell in love with this other guy who is mega rich. So that helped. So I ended up marrying him instead. And then I, but I would like sneak to the convenience store to read his manga. And there was this character named Romanticist Man. And there was this arc where he like wanted to be the best hero in the universe before he would ask the princess out. But then she showed up to like hang out with him. He's like, no, you have to leave. I'm not the best yet. So she slapped him and like I figured out that's how he felt about me. Yep. Which is really cool. And then there's lots of talk about like sort of the differences in birth, um, like the genetic lottery. And that, like, oh, Miho, like, can't afford to try to be a value actress because her family's rich and she's, like, super cute. So, like, if it doesn't work out with her for her, she can just get married and that will be fine. So it's actually kind of less of a risk than it feels like. And also, when Psycho kind of tells his parents, hey, I want to be a manga artist. At first, his mom's like, absolutely not. That killed your uncle because his uncle also died uh, of overwork. Psycho assumes he actually committed suicide, but finds out later that no, he was just not sleeping and doing his hardest to make manga. Yep. And did literally like die of exhaustion and overwork. And his mom's like, no, absolutely not. And then he's like, goes into his bedroom. He's like, well, okay, if I'm going to be disowned, I'm still going to do it. And she comes back and he's kind of like, okay, your dad said yes. Yep. And because he's like, I never talked to my dad. I told my mom what, she, what I want. She tells dad afterwards. And then. And then if she comes back, I know that dad okayed it kind of thing. Yeah. And she's like, but you're going to tell your grandpa because he's the one who lost a son to manga. Yep. And so he's like, well, grandpa, I'm going to be a manga artist. He's like, hey, cool. Here's the keys to your gunkle's place. I kept it just how it was. Yep. And his mom's like, dad. <laughs> and he's like, what? And I, I do kind of really like, I mean, it's a little sexist. So like there, men have some dreams that women can't understand, which especially when you have Miho going for something similar kind of is tonally problematic i feel like yes but i do really like that his like dad and uh grandpa are kind of like okay yeah he was in this funk he didn't seem like he wanted to do anything so we thought he was just gonna be like this milk toast kind of guy but yep. like no obviously he wants something so yep. we should encourage him and like yes it's gonna be a super hard road for him but like we've seen his art talent we've seen that he has the drive to accomplish things so we're glad he, that he has drive now rather yeah. than being milk toast yeah, and he like calls his dad even, and it's like complied to be one of their first conversations. And his dad like, "Are you serious about this? You know that manga you really like?" And he like quotes this fictional manga. Yep. That his son really likes, and sounds like uh, about you know yeah you know it's the typical shonen thing of you've got to try super hard and like no matter what. Yep. And he was like, "Wow, my dad really knows how to motivate me to become a manga artist by referencing an old manga." Yeah. But like, I do like that they want to deny this idea of like stuff being in your blood like and psycho's even like no my uncle was actually a bad artist he did a gag manga because he could not do good drawings he was just barely good enough yep so like that's not in my blood but at the same time he and therefore takagi get this manga studio just because his uncle had it yep so like this it's this huge windfall because of his birth in a way and i actually really like that sort of like it's not what you want to hear and it's not a typical message in a shonen 
series. But I kind of like how that's flirted with and played with. Yep. I also like how they keep talking about how it's like, oh, you know, my uncle wasn't making it as a manga artist and, you know, things weren't going well. And then they get to the studio and he has like 10,000 manga chapters in the studio. And you're like, he obviously wasn't destitute, at least all of the, like, he made money at some point because he has this ridiculous amount of reference material. Some of it extremely rare and old. So he had to have money at some point. Well, yeah, but they even say he had a he had a manga successful enough that it became an anime briefly. Yes. It's just after that, he could never, like, he never had another success. Yeah. So, like, it was seven years later that he died. I get that. I just, because he all, like, even when he was successful, he just kept calling himself a gambler. And I was yeah. like, but, I, you know, yeah, but you, you had winnings at one point. It was just something I liked. To me, the uncle always felt like, oh, he was just the... You know, the guy who was working out of this one random office or, you know, his apartment or something like that. And then they make it to the studio and they're just like, there's just so much stuff here. Yeah. And like they treat it like they won the lottery, which I mean, given their goal, they kind of did. Yeah. Like there's just supplies and reference material and old manga and all these storyboards and even finished drafts. Yep. Because he's kind of like, okay, like, I will draw manga with you, but you have to give me a storyboard I like. And Takagi's like, what's a storyboard? And he's like, oh, come on. You you gotta know at least that. But he's like, oh, I have all these storyboards I can show you now. And then we can compare them to the finished art so you can kind of tell what's required here. Yeah. And I really like their, like, shounen friendship that quickly develops over their shared love of shounen manga. Yep. And now they're both super excited by it, and they're just completely passionate about doing this yeah it was it was really good yeah i don't know that there's anything else i want to say the volume ends with them putting together a first pitch draft basically one that thing, they're going to take the shonen jump one thing i do really like about kind of that whole all right what are we going to make is so they're like all right well let's do some research right now i think making a sports manga with a young hero is the best call right now no he says he thinks it's a bad call I thought he said making a sports con. No, he's like, that's not going to do very well. Like, you just look at it. And, like, it used to be super popular, but it's not working now. Right now, it's all about the shonen stuff with swords. Well, I know there was that, but I could have sworn it was, like, right now, I think this would be, like, the safest bet to try and get a manga going would be a sports manga. I swear he says, like, that's not popular anymore, because the main character's like, hey, I really like this boxing manga, this old boxing manga. It's like, oh, yeah, that's super good, but sports manga doesn't do very well right now. I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I, I'm I pretty sure. I could have sure sworn that... it was them, because, like, the whole thing was, he. so the manga that they end up going to take to the pitch to Shonen Jump, initially they were like, well, we've never been with an editor before, so I know, let's come up with a pitch to one of the other manga magazines, because obviously if we need to get an anime, we need to get in a jump. Like, that's the best way to get an anime yeah, and he's to have like, a jump comic. And he's specifically like, by 18, I want to have my anime out so I can get married at 18. That's the right age. And Takagi's like, yes, what I want to do is make manga, but also no, I really want to see you two get married. Yep. But, <laughs> because you people are crazy and I love it. Yep. So initially, the way, the way I was reading this was, they were like, alright, we're going to make a sports manga and pitch it to jump. But we have we've never dealt with an editor or the interview process or anything like that. So let's make up a second manga where we can polish our skills and take it to one of these other magazines 
and then we don't have to go through with the process, but we can at least get a feel of like how the interview goes, how dealing with an editor goes. And during the process of making the two worlds, which is the manga that they end up taking to jump, they realize that they like it a lot more than their sports manga because they keep coming back to it of like, yeah, but I don't know anything about sports. Like, how would I write a sports manga? And so they end up going with two worlds and they're like, all right, well, I actually really like your thing because like the both of them are like, I really like your art, but I don't know about my story. And I'm I'm forgetting all their names again. But uh, the other one is like, I really like your art, but I I don't know how I feel about my story. And I really like your story, but I don't know how I feel about my art. Well, that means it's pretty good, right? (laughs) So they decide to take their two worlds thing that they were going to pitch to another one of the is another one of the manga magazines and they're like well well, let's take this to jump like i actually really like it let's let's go for the gusto here yeah that's basically where it ends with them getting an interview with jump and them heading to the office yep i do find it really funny how like the forward is this series has no fantasy in it so i'm a little worried about it which after death note is a note that like makes sense, but this is about two 14 year olds getting accepted in the Shonen Jump. I mean, spoiler, but what that's not super weird. I mean, I don't think it's ever happened. Like, no, it's never been a series. I think there have been some one shots and stuff. And yes. like, I do like that they introduced this rival character named Eiji Nizuma, who like won this Shonen Jump contest to get his chapter in as just a one shot. And like, he's probably not that good, but then they read it and like, oh shit, this guy is way better than us. Yeah. And I mean, but that's what I mean by like, it's not so far out of the realm of possibility that it's like, cause it's not like 14 year olds can't be accepted into Shona Jump. It's just yeah. usually they're not good enough to do it. That's but at true. the same time, there are plenty of 14 year olds who started writing light novel series that are now popular anime. Yeah. Like, so not, I'm not saying that they can't do it. I'm just saying it's clearly still escapist fantasy, even though it's much more grounded. Yeah. It still has all these ridiculous things in it, I, which I, is which I love. Don't get me wrong. Well, that honestly might have been a translation thing of uh, there's no fantasy in this, meaning like there's no false reality stuff. Like, it, obviously, there's still a fantasy because, you know, they're not writing historical fiction about <laughs> the two 14 year olds who started. A, <laughs> who wrote Death Note. <laughs> who wrote Death Note. That would explain a lot about Death Note, though, right? Yes. But. It's one of those things of like, uh, there, there isn't any like magic or elves or f- yeah, like that uh, yeah. kind of I fantasy. Know. So it, it just might have been a weird translation thing. I just found it amusing. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about Bakuman? I mean, I was super into it. I was. Super I don't into really it have too. anything else to say about it. It's I'm real good. Really looking forward to revisiting it. I do have the entire series, so maybe I'll just give it a read. And I have access to the entire series, so I could just continue reading it. That's true. It's all in Shannon Jump for the fifty yep. dollars, huh? Yep. So yeah, that's a super good deal. Because it is a good manga. Anything else you want to say about it? Or shall we jump to personality power level? Let's jump to the personality power level. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? So personality power level is the segment where we rank manga characters from best to worst. At the top is good, good Shonen Jump Boy, Uzumaki Naruto. At the very bottom is Jump Adjacent Boy, that guy who's not Yamcha from the time I got reincarnated as Yamcha. Mm -hmm. And dead center is medium Shonen Boy, Asta from Black Clover. Yep. So we're going to be doing Psycho this week, right? We agree that he's more the main character. I, yes. It's very clearly a duo. It uh, is a duo, but almost everything is from his perspective. Like a lot of the internal monologue stuff is all from him. So Psycho makes a lot more sense as the 
character to talk about, even though it is clearly the duo of the two of them. Yeah. So I feel like if we're talking about Shonen Jump characters, the place we start is with Goku. And mm-hmm. I definitely think I like him more than Goku. Yeah. So like the next one that I think comes up is Luffy, who's always, you know, he's because he's Goku 2.0. He's better Goku. Yes. I it might be recency bias. My kind of gut says that I like him more, though, than Luffy. That's a tough one. I'm really on the fence about it. I mean, that's fair. Like I said, it's a gut, and it could be recency bias. But I was also on the fence of it like when I was thinking about it earlier today. And so that makes me feel like I should go with my gut. We could adjust him down later. Usually we talk about maybe adjusting characters up later. But also, if you think he should go below, I will like cede to you. Because like I said, this might be recency bias. I, I, again, the thing is like being on the fence about it. So being on the fence about it, I can't argue. Well, no, he should go below. Who's right above Luffy? Emma from The Promised Neverland? Who I think I would also argue him above just barely. Above Emma is Yusuke from Yu Yu Hakusho, and I feel like that's a ceiling, at least for yeah. now. Yeah, I I think a lot of the the reason, like, I like a lot of this character, but with Luffy, uh, Yusuke, and Emma, I know more about their character in general. Like, I really like even the arc that Psycho goes through this first volume. Yeah. I think what it is is that he's just so much more relatable because he's more mundane. And I think that's why Yusuke is the ceiling to me is because I find Yusuke similarly very, very relatable mm-hmm. in a way that Luffy really isn't. Emma is more so. Yeah. But she's still in a pretty fantastic situation and is still like kind of the absurd anime protagonist. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Not to say that Psycho isn't, but like this is a possibility and I find him very inspiring. So, like, my feeling is above Emma below Yusuke, but it's our list, not my list. So. Yep. I just keep thinking of, like, all the sequences of Luffy that I really like. So, I could see putting him just above Luffy, but I think I I think I do like Emma more. I like a lot of the emotional bits of her. And if we keep reading Bakuman, I might put her, I might put him above her. But right now, I just, I also really like Emma. Um just from the she goes through different emotional ranges than psycho does but i think i like them a bit more okay i'm willing to accept that as a compromise so he will go in at number seven above luffy and below emma his real name is moritaka mashiro aka psycho from bakuman that's not how i normally do it but i could not for the life of me remember his real name so i had to google it because I really, really like that character. And I think if we read more Bakuman, he probably will end up going higher. But we'll see, because the like top portion of the list is pretty solid. Yeah, and it's also, like, the thing I start really struggling with the top portion of the list is, like, like I was talking about with Emma, she goes through different emotional beats and is a different style of character than yeah. Luffy or Yusuke or this guy. So it's, like, it's really hard to compare... You know, we're sitting here trying to compare apples and oranges. I, I feel like that's part of the fun of it. But I that see is part of say. the fun of it. But it gets really hard when I'm comparing an orange that tastes like an apple and an apple that tastes like an orange, and I'm like, which one do I like more? I don't know. They're different, but they're really similar, and I really like both of them. All right, so that will do it for this week. Next week we are going to be finishing our show in summer by reading Liar's Game. We were going to finish it with Bakuman. But there's a guest I wanted to have on who wanted to read that. I really wanted his taste on Last Sayuki, so of course it would end this week. Yes. 
we would have gotten his taste. So if everything had worked out and we hadn't realized that last week we were going to be off, everything would have been great because we would have done Liar's Game then. And then we would have done Bakuman this week and been done. But. Or no, because we would have done one other. We had one other planned and then would have done Bakuman next week. But everything ended up not working out. Well, when life. Put in a nice package. When life hands you lemons, you have to make orange that tastes like apple pie. Yes. So we will see you next week for that. Until then, thank you for listening. Our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fist Fight by Tom W. Emerit. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions, and our art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt. If you'd like to talk to us, www.lastpodcast.com is our website. We also have a link to our Discord there, where you can, which is by far the easiest way to talk to us. We had a bunch of people joining this week, mostly for my Gundam show, but, you know, never mind. We want to talk about manga with people, especially Bakemon, because it's super good. Yeah. So come on over if you want to talk with us. Anything you'd like to plug this week, Kevin? Not this week. See you next week. Stop.